Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. That then you're probably doing something wrong. So it's always going to it's going to harm you. And that's that you really have to be on top of it. You want they're gonna do well and or they're gonna be practicing. This, by the way, I'm answering questions and so forth. I'm getting these questions each week is one of my um, favorite parts of the week. Uh, the reason I like it so much is because it always gives me an insight into how people are doing and what they're thinking and, and all that sort of thing. Let me pull this up. Great, just give me one second. Uh, and I will start the questions. And I'm not going to do them in any particular order, so I'll start. Uh, with whatever and all this bounce around, but we'll get all the questions done. Uh, let me make sure I'm good. Okay, good. First question. And oh, by the way, um, when you um, ask questions in in this webinar, one of the things that is important to know is if you if you're logged into, I'll never show your name and and in, in, in this, so you'll everything is confidential. Okay, are there any specific self-questioning techniques you recommend to help me clarify whether my current legal job is leading me towards my desired peer path or sending me off course? So the idea is you have to figure out what you want and how does that work? So you have to, what it's, and this is just a question and answer that anyone can benefit from. But when you're trying to do something and when you're trying to find out if you're interested in it and if it's a good thing for you, you have to basically be like, does this interest me? Is this something... Where I could see myself uh, doing this the rest of my career. Does this get me excited? And is it good for me? So I'll just tell you real quickly. And so it's all kind of a gut feeling. It's when you meet someone that's a good friend and you realize there's a connection, that's important. But I'll just tell you briefly, like my journey. So my journey was I remember going out to eat. I was staying in a hotel and I was taking the bar. And I ended up taking the bar and I don't know, right before I started my job. And so I took the, I was taking the bar and I was in a, in a restaurant and I was reading like all these books. What can you do for a law degree? Because I already knew and I was reading that book. And so I was literally going to the, my first job uh, thinking about alternatives because I knew I wouldn't like it. And the more I did it, I did the best I could. But there were always these things I didn't like about it that just gave me like a, not a good feeling. It was just like, I didn't really feel like I could commit to it. I knew it would be like if I went in house. It just didn't agree with me. And so when I found what I'm doing now, I was like, everything lit up. I'm like, this is everything I like. I like, it's a, it's an underserved market. People aren't know what they're doing. Like, there's the, the people, there's when people reach a certain level of achievement and they're trying, just all these things appealed to me. And I knew I liked it. That's how it works. And I met my, I first met my fiance and it was just an instant connection. So sometimes you, things will connect with you very instinctively. So if there's things about your job and your practice area and your practice setting that aren't matching what you want to do, then then you're probably doing something wrong. Sometimes it's just practicing law. It's, it could be could be the wrong thing for you. It needs to uh, match with you. I remember it doesn't really matter, but but I guess one other point I would just say is uh, when I was I was in law school and I was had a class with this guy named Peter Swire that went to Yale Law School and now he's an important guy advising governments and everything about. I think it's about data privacy or something. Just a real important person. But he said during my, I was going, I was in his office and I was talking to him about something and I just gotten the only A and a, and a big important paper that was going to determine my grade in his class. And, and so I was there talking to him about something and I was in his class, I had the best grade. And, and he said, I don't know what you're doing here, but it's obvious you're not going to do this as a career. 
And I said, well, what are you talking about? He said, and then we were like in this room and it was overlooking the, the law library because it had a window, like the, it was a hall and then the, the office overlooked the law library. And he said, look at what's going on down there. And everyone was like, just really meticulous and studying. And he said, that's not you. And I was like, what? You know, I got the best grade in your, I've been the best grade in class. I was clerkship, I'm a law review, all this stuff. And he said, no, it's just not you. And he was actually right. And so the point is, is that if something clicks with you and feels right, then that's good. If it doesn't click with you and feel right, then it's not good. And so you don't need to think about take self-assessment tests. You just need to understand yourself. So there's also one thing I would say there's on BCG, there's a, you can sign up, there's banners for it. It's called a DISC profile, which is like a personality test. And that will give you some indication of what your personality is, what type of person you are. And you can take that, but honestly, you have to be in the environment and with the people and in a profession that gets you excited. You have to, it could be anything. Like sometimes people leave the practice of law and they, they start a pizza restaurant and the pizza restaurant becomes a national chain, or they leave the practice of law and they become best-selling authors. All these people do all this incredible stuff, uh, but they do it because they follow their passion they don't do things that they don't like on the law if you have a if you like it uh, then you just need to whatever makes you feel the best you need to do it and, and that's kind of it how that works okay the next question okay these are great questions by the way i really appreciate everyone asking these questions because i think it just benefits a lot of people in the future because i keep these questions and the answers sometimes these q a's that you do that people ask these questions they become things that are viewed tens of thousands of times by others looking for answers. So it's just very helpful. Okay, regarding length of the resume, what's the ideal balance between providing enough information, not overwhelming potential employers? Are there industries where longer resumes are more acceptable? So I'm just gonna talk real briefly about a legal resume. So a legal resume really should never be more than one page. Now that's there's exceptions to that. So if you're a patent attorney, you can include like a, a patent, a page, or even multiple pages after your resume, talking about all these things you've done. Same thing with the corporate transactional attorneys. You can do resumes like that, talking about all the, the transactions you've done. But in general, the resume just needs to be one page. You can't make it any longer than that. And you also have to not talk about things that don't deal with what you're doing. So you don't, you know, you just don't want to look at things. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do, and one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards, because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. One of the things I've seen lately, and I don't know why it is, is because of, I guess, the way the country is, but I've seen these resumes where people are unemployed and they can't figure out why because they went to NYU or they went to wherever, University of Chicago Law School, and, and they worked in a big firm. They had these resumes and they'll say, there might be like a corporate attorney 
and they'll have two or three lines talking about all this pro bono work they did. And then one line saying worked on corporate M&A transactions. So people are emphasizing the wrong things. Your resume, just all it needs to do is talk about your practice area and that's it. So you just need to talk about your practice area, what you want to do and focus on that and look like an expert. And that's really it. So you have to have that focus. And if you don't do that, it's always going to, it's going to harm you. And that's that these resumes I'm talking to you about that emphasize the wrong things. All that happens when you don't talk about uh, your practice here is people think um, that you want to do uh, something else besides that. So um, that's how that works. Um, so anytime you talk about things that aren't related to, to what you're doing, then that ends up hurting you. Oh, one thing I just wanted to show everyone, I think it's very important to always, even emails, things you write, everything needs to be in perfect English that you need to proofread to make sure the grammar's good because that's your brand. And as an attorney, you want to be communicating in the best way possible for, for clients and for employers and the people respect you for that. If you make a lot of errors, then they assume that you're not thinking through legal work and stuff. So it's always important. That's why I keep this open, not necessarily for this, but all my emails and correspondence, I make sure that I proofread. How can candidates ensure that resumes effectively convey their passion for the legal field and their commitment to making meaningful contribution, even a transition from a non-legal career? Okay, that's interesting. What are your thoughts on incorporating? So if you have limited experience, that's a good point. So resumes of young attorneys or people that are in law school looking for things. You have to, obviously, to get the, the resume of a decent length, you have to include things. But you don't want to include like too much. If you were like, sometimes people might have been... Another, like sometimes people be in the medical field and they go into practicing the law. That's okay. You can talk about that, but you really need to make your resume uh, look focused um, on wanting to to work in a law firm. That, that's basically it. And, and there's other way, there's ways to do that. But if you, I will send out a an invite to the to the, the resume workshop in the next week or two. And then when you get that, I'm happy to do your resume. But you, you just need to look like everyone. Like the biggest thing in a resume is, and, and this is actually very important. And I'm, if you're listening to this and you're sticking around, this will actually help you. I mean, all this information that you're learning can change your life and career. But the biggest thing about a resume is it needs to show some sort of upward mobility. So that's how this is what you do. Uh, if you are, if you're, if you're effectively representing yourself, and it needs to. Sorry. I'm just, up effectively. So what does that mean? So that means that everywhere you go, it looks like you're improving. It looks like you're improving and getting better in everything you do. And then the other thing is you make, and then the final thing that you really need to do is you need to make sure, I mean, like, it's just ridiculous. Okay. So the idea, what does that mean? The And the idea is you take the reader away from things you're trying to prove, from whatever you're trying to improve. What does that mean? So that means you don't put things on the resume that detract from the fact that you're an attorney. You don't make yourself look like someone that isn't good at what they do or that isn't that you, you you make sure you downplay things that could give doubt about you. So what does that mean? That means that you you just you limit the, the negative conclusions that people can read from your resume. So what does that mean? So I see resumes all the time where people might say, you know, I graduated from this law school and I was in the top 50% of my class. No, you don't put that. You, why would you want to tell the reader that you were in the top half? You, maybe from the top 5%, but you don't tell the reader you were in the top half. Like you just don't do it. It's not helping your case. So 
why would you say that? So people do this in their resumes all the time. Or they'll say something like, uh, I don't know, but they'll say things that just don't make them look good. You don't put that on your resume. You want to look just very good at what you do. You want to look very focused. And that's really it. And if you don't do that, you're not going to, to do well. So you need to look focused on something. You need to look like an achiever. You need to look like uh, someone that can, you know, that you, you get negative information off your resume detracts from the fact that you're doing um, something. Oh, I a question. Um, and there's a lot of questions I'm trying to get through them. I imagine the focus of an outfit like yours is solely on law practice. What if you want to work in an area of law supporting roles? So specifically, I have a, this is interesting. I have a, I'm not going to do this, but specifically, specifically, I have an interest in lawyer wellness, well-being, and wish to work in a law firm environment. Would it necessarily require self-initiated search or other staff and firms that we can confer with? Great question. So I um, actually got a resume today of someone uh, that applied to work to get a job with BCG. I mean, to get a law firm job, like doing practicing law. And the person actually had this position inside of a huge law firm, one of the biggest law firms in New York. Their job was helping lawyers. They were an attorney with a law school and practicing law firm, but their law, their job was exactly this. It was lawyer well-being, making sure that people inside the firm were happy, then checking in on them, offering seminars about different things. This is actually a job now in law firms, especially the big ones. You can find it. How, how do you find it? Probably... I don't know. Maybe these jobs become open. Sometimes they do, but otherwise you can, you have to network your way into them probably. I don't know, but there are definitely these jobs and, and if that's something you want to do, you can do it. Now, staffing firms aren't going to be able to find you that position. Uh, I don't think we may have some positions close to that, but they're probably more, but I don't think we do. We only recruit for people that are practicing law, but yes, this is a real job and, and, and law firms actually have it now. So that's a really good question. But the thing about that position is also, is if I were you and I was interested in something like that, what I would do is I would start maybe my own business or my own blog or something and work with people like that. I mean, I think that would be very effective. I, mean, I, I don't know exactly how that would work for you, but that's what I would do. It sounds like a good business uh, for someone. A lot of people have done it. You just have to figure out if you're not working in the firm, how would you make money? Doing that? And I, I don't know, but sometimes that sort of passion, like I have passion for what I'm doing. I certainly would recommend you start a, you know, write about it. You can certainly write about it and work in a law firm. But you can, the more you write about it, the more you learn about it. You can do podcasts, articles, like all sorts of stuff that's probably going to get a lot of attention. Yeah, what are the top three interview mistakes that candidates make? Considering the inner chance being offers and how can you avoid them? The one is not, not focused, focused, and looking committed. Committed. The other is talking about topics and interest in the interview. I'm just giving three off the top of my head. In the interview that that don't do not um, that make it look like you're not committed. And then then I would also say not allowing the not allowing um, the interviewer talking to I would just say not allowing not making sure the interviewer talks 80% of the time. So th those are some of the um, you know, things that I would recommend. Uh, but uh, another one would be uh, in terms of that, uh, there's this thing that I go over and I think that applies to everything. Um, and uh, I'm going to, if you're a BCG candidate, I have this kind of report that uh, I share only with 
law firms uh, about the kind of people they should hire. Uh, and it's pretty simple, but it's, can you do the job? Is what the question they ask. Do you have the skills to do it? Most people they interview do. Can you be managed? Managed, that's another question. Do you want the job? Or do you want the job? Um, do we like you? And then there's, these are the main question. Can you do the job just means, do you have, oh, and this is the other big one. Will you do the job long-term? So these are important questions. Can you do the job just means, do you have the skills and do you look like you can do the job the way they want it done? So if they tell you you have to work in the middle of the night, three days a week, are you going to say that's okay? If they need you in the office, they don't want you to work remotely, that's okay. If you seem like you're someone that, all these things that, that, that the employer is going to need, you need to look like you can do those. So if you have those, then the next question they're asking is whether or not you can be managed. So what does being managed mean? It means, do you seem like the type of person that's going to come in and do what they ask of you? Do you seem like the kind of person that sometimes people will say, I left the job because I didn't like this or that. And, and these things are management issues. Like these are things that people say uh, they can't be managed. So you need to think about that. Uh, can you be managed is a big question. Uh, that employers are asking. So uh, being managed means, do you seem like the kind of person that will follow instruction? Do you seem like the kind of person that's going to respect authority? And and, and really, um, so you understand this, it's very important to understand partners have to be managed by firms. So partners are manageable. Associates have to be manageable. Everybody in a firm has to be manageable. That means they don't like entrepreneurs that may want to do things. I'm the last person in the world that a law firm should hire. Do they don't like people that We'll talk negatively about the firm. They need people that are soldiers, basically, and not generals. Meaning soldiers just do what they, you're told. You walk into a, a firing squad where you're going to die. Yeah, that's what you do. That's what soldiers do. They, they have to follow instructions. So they're going to ask that. Partners, by the way, have to follow instructions. Partners will go into firms and say, I demand this and I demand that, and, and they won't get hired. And partners will leave firms all the time because... The firm, they're not manageable. So that's just a big, important thing. Then the next one is, do you want the job? So people that want the job go in and they talk very enthusiastically about why they want the job. They're excited. They don't slump. They they just seem like you're very interested in working there. And if you have that and you come across that way, then people like you. People like people that like them. People like people that want to work places. So you walk into a firm and you say, oh, I love your reputation. I, I love this about you. I, I can't wait to work on these kind of matters. That's different than the way most people come in. And then liking you just means you have to be able to connect people. Sometimes you connect in weird ways, meaning you have to not, I say weird ways. Like the reason I say that is I, I remember walking into a firm, a big New York firm once, and, and I was interviewing with this associate. And I walked in and I could tell immediately he was a tax attorney, that he was very weird. And there was just something about him that was just a little off. And he had this chair in his office, and I knew it was intentionally set that way, that was set like this. So I had to look over and interview and talk to him like this. But without saying anything, I went in and played his game and, and sat there looking over my head at him. And and I could tell three or four minutes in the interview, the guy loved me. I was just really imitating his mannerisms and everything. And he liked me. And I found out later when I got hired by the firm, I was working there in the summer, that he was like one of the people on the 
um, hiring committee and, and he, he was very important to hire. So people have to like you. And I'm just saying that was a weird thing you have to do, but sometimes you just need to find common interest and all sorts of things. There was a funny thing that happened. It was in one and Morrison and Forrester in, in Denver had one of the only corporate openings. Maybe it was in 2000 during the, the internet explosion. And there weren't a lot of uh, openings. There were just so few openings that a law firm anywhere would have an opening and, and they would get hundreds of applications. It was like that with um, with uh, programmers and stuff too. I'd put an ad out and i get the, the ads, the applications would come in like one every three seconds because there's just everything was melting down. But what does do we like you mean? So what happened in that particular interview with Morrison Forrester is this guy interviewed with a partner that was very important and he noticed like a picture of the guy and snowboarding and and he said and, uh, and he started talking about snowboarding and then the partner realized that you know this was a guy that had was almost like a professional snowboarder it wasn't all in his resume and um he wasn't the most qualified for the job uh, but he's the one that got it because he liked him so people making a connection uh, is very important if you can but you don't have to make a false con- confession you can come in and just be very professional but they have to like you and why do people not like you sometimes they won't like you because you may be on the wrong side of a, a political matter. Like they may be uh, a Democrat and you may be a Republican and you start talking in ways that show your your affiliation or who knows, but you have to be very careful with this stuff. So you need to make people like you. And again, the rule of the resume that I was talking about earlier is you, you don't want to take, you don't want to take the person away from whatever you're trying to prove. So if you're a lawyer representing a criminal defendant, you don't mention that person, you know, has, three other felony convictions and you downplay everything. And um, it's the same thing with your resume. So do we like you means you talk in terms of that person's interest. You figure out um, what that means. And the final one is, will you do the job long-term? That means, do you look like you're someone that's gonna commit? Do you look like if they hire you, you're gonna do everything you can to, to stay there? Do you look like you're someone that's committed to working in a law firm? Do you look like someone that's committed to that area? Do you look like someone that thinks this is a job that is going to make you happy and you're going to stay at. So law firms do not like hiring people that are going to leave. It's just not good for them. It's not good for their clients. It, it's not good for the morale of people there. So the best people to hire are the people usually that uh, have stayed in their last job for a long period of time. So people come to me all the time, like, I'm at this firm. Should I leave? And you think I should find another place now? I'm like, why would you do that? You're a good firm. You might be able to get a little more money, but that's actually going to harm you in the long run because you're going to look like you, you're moving around too much. So being able to do the job long term is a big deal. Now, I sell. My job is to get people to apply to firms and to represent them. But And so basically, I profit when people switch jobs. But my opinion is that anybody that's at a firm, if you're not moving up in some material way, there's no reason to, to move. People want to believe you're going to commit. Now, how does a person look like they're not going to commit? A person that looks like they're not going to commit is someone that may have gone in-house after they take a job or someone that may have done a lot of different things. They work in a law firm, work in the government, work in this. Someone that looks like they're not going to stick around is always the worst type of hire. So these are the five things that I look at. You said ask for three, but those are five, and I think those are really important. And I've written a lot about that. I think that to the extent you can, you should, you can, I would, read one of the things I've written. Um, okay, so there's nothing wrong with turning down a job offer. Um, it happens all the time. Uh, I was actually thinking about this morning because one of the problems of my job, and um, I'm being very vulnerable here, I'm telling you, 
But when you're working with a law firm and, and getting someone a job there, uh, you really have to be on top of it. You want the candidate to accept the job. And if the candidate doesn't accept the job, then the law firm uh, thinks poorly of the recruiter. And they think the recruiter hasn't sold the person that's on the firm. And then the law firm actually sometimes will get mad at the recruiter. And even to the extent that the law firm will stop working with the recruiter and the people who teach up. Now, does it happen a lot? No, very rarely, but um, it, it can happen. There's nothing wrong with refusing a job offer. One of the things that's important to remember, especially at large firms, like they interview so many people, like they don't know if, if you apply. Now, a lot of them have applicant tracking systems, so they'll know this information, but a lot of them don't. And um, so turning down a job offer, uh, if you have good reasons for doing so, meaning my, I have to stay, uh, my spouse is not moving now, they're moving in six months or something, they're moving in two years, like that's okay. But there's no legal ramifications of not turn, of turning down a job offer, especially if you do it in a good way. And sometimes the offer isn't what you want. It's just, it's not the sort of job that you think is going to be a good fit for you in the long run. And there's nothing wrong with turning about it especially if it's not someplace you want to work. So I don't think there's anything wrong with turning on a job offer. Now, do I like it when the candidates do it? No. So I would be very careful about that. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. So I'm sure conflicting advice about whether to take a job offer I'm not happy with just to avoid an employment cap. Could you shed some light on the pros and cons of the decision? especially in the context of uh, making incursions. Yeah, in this webinar, I did, I, I, when you saw me glossing over things, I was worried that the webinar was getting a little too long um, and, and that information I talked talk about, but I should have gone more in detail, probably shown those slides. But this advice about not taking a job offer you're not happy with, if you have a, if you have a gap on your resume, it's just not a good thing in the legal profession. I don't know why. I think that law firms, it's a profession. Once you stop doing something uh, for a period of time, that uh, just shows that you weren't able to get a job. It shows maybe that you weren't committed. It shows that that you're working, just, it, 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 that maybe you got fired, that, that you aren't able to represent yourself effectively, either through networking or whatever, and get a job. And that's actually an important thing to think about. So why is that important? Because lawyers are expected to be good lawyers representing themselves meaning getting a job. That's the biggest test of your, your ability to uh, get a position. Now, the other thing in terms of that as well is if you don't represent yourself, if you don't have a job, that means you may not want a job. It means you may be difficult to manage. It means all these things. It means can you be managed? Maybe not if you don't want the job. Do you want the job? Do you want to work as an attorney? Probably not. Do we like you? I, you know, would you do the job long term? So I'll tell you something interesting that I've seen with really good attorneys. Like, they are just, when they get older, like when they start getting in their, like, you know, the, know, 60s, 70s, and they want to keep working, what's very interesting about them is they tend to be very interested in their practice area, meaning they don't care if they're not going to make the most money or they, they don't care. They're just interested in, in what they're doing and they 
are committed to working as an attorney and they know that whatever environment they get in, they're going to do well and, or they're going to be practicing law because that's what they want to do. So if you get a job and you're still practicing law and you're still going to be learning things, well, that's very positive. There's nothing negative about that. You should take a job even if you're not happy with it because it keeps you going and you can always come up with explanations later if it's not a great job that, that you take, but you don't want that gap. Now, if you're not happy with the job, it's just the same thing. It's like going into a, a marriage or a relationship with someone where you're not going to stick with them in the long term. That's a big problem. I don't recommend being in that situation. I think the best way to be not be in that situation is to follow my advice and make sure you apply to a ton of places. So you have a lot of things, how you marketable you are on the market. But if you're not happy with a position, then just go into it and do the best you can and excel and learn everything you can. Every place you work is a learning opportunity. So you go in there and you learn, you switch something later. But yeah, don't take a job uh, that you're not happy with. I, that's the biggest thing. Now, what is not a good employment gap? So sometimes people will take an, a job that um, isn't necessarily a good job to have on their resume. So I don't think having and I'm sorry to say this, if you're in that position, I don't think having a contract attorney job is a good gas thing to have in the resume. I don't think having going from a law firm to in-house is a good way to avoid employment gap in your resume. I think if you want to work in a law firm, you need to go to another firm, hopefully practicing the same or similar practice area, and, and then do that as a full-time position, either as an associate or a partner or whatever, which you need to do that to to keep yourself, to maintain your resume. This is what the best resumes do, people work in law firms. If you're continuing working in a law firm and something in your practice area, close to your practice area, and you stay with it, you will be able to get jobs in the future on another law firm. But if you don't, you won't. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.